Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 13 of Revelation chapter 3 and we're continuing to look at verse 5. Revelation 3 verse 5 says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Now, uh, we were looking at the idea of um, having one's name blotted out of the book of life, and we were looking at verses in the Bible in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament that discuss blotting out one's name from the book of life or just the book of life in general. And I like to just uh, continue this a little further before we move on. Let's again turn to Revelation 17 and I'll read verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was and is not and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and shall go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Now, in our last study, I think I I said that it could be that the book of life is just the book um, in a figure of speech that God is using, which describes the names of all mankind, all that were created in this world and, and would be born into the world. And when individuals sin well, then they would have their names blotted out of the book of life. And if if uh, others, the elect, happen to have their sins covered and their sins were blotted out, well, then they could remain in the book of life. And actually, this verse um, helps to correct that idea. We would have to understand from this that God does speak of more than one book of life. He uh, must refer to one book of life from a creation standpoint in which all men were originally or initially um, found in that book. And, and when they sin and have not a savior, then they're blotted out of the book of the living. But there is another book of life, and we can know that because here, again, it says in verse 8, of uh, those that dwell on the earth, and, and this would be referring to the unsaved, who wonder after the beast, and and uh, especially during the time of the Great Tribulation and, and the end that we're now living in, they wonder after the beast, and, and yet it says, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Now, that is a different matter than having one's name blotted out of the book of life. They never had their names recorded in the book of life uh, to begin with. And so it's not that they were blotted out. And this can only be because there is another book of life that God, uh, again, using this figure, has written in which he has recorded only the names of the elect. And now when we read Revelation 13, 8, we, we find it's basically saying the same thing. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him 
whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. They were never found there. They were they were never recorded there. It, it was only all the names of the elect. Well, let's go to one more place to discuss this, and then we'll return to our verse in Revelation 3. Well, let's uh, first go to Revelation chapter 20 and begin reading in verse 10, where it says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now the the preposition uh, for should be translated here to ever and ever. That is, up unto the point that eternity begins, and that would be at the end of this world. As Satan described here as the beast and the false prophet um, are being tormented in the day of judgment up until that point. And then in verse 11, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Now, here in verse 12, where uh, we read that that um, the Apostle John saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The word stand is is really not the best translation. It should be standing before God in an ongoing manner. And uh, this word standing is the same word that's found back in Revelation chapter 11 in verse 4 concerning the two olive trees and the two candlesticks, which are other names for the two witnesses. And it says there, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. So we have the same word, the same tense, and here it's properly translated standing, and notice they're standing before God, just as Revelation 20.12 says, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. It's really an identical um, grammatical structure in Revelation 11, as we find in Revelation 20, verse 12, and that reveals to us, since the two witnesses were standing before God, not in a single day, but over the course of the church age of 1955 years. It was an ongoing, long-standing situation that is being described that way. And likewise, as God speaks of the dead, small and great, Standing before God, he has in mind the truth that that the word of God has been judging sinners all through history. From the very beginning of the fall in the Garden of Eden, when God said, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. They did eat and they died spiritually in their soul existence that very day. And it brought about the consequence of physical death later as as they would die later in life physically. 
and, and unless they became saved, they died physically. And, and since, uh, let's say, they never did become saved, they were dead in soul. Now, once they died physically, the judgment of God condemned them to annihilation. They they ceased to be, although there there was still the matter of their physical body which returned to the dust, and that would be uh, finalized. The judgment upon them would ultimately be completed and finalized when this world itself would be destroyed, because then whatever uh, elements were were a part of them would be removed forever. And so when we when we read about the judgment of God here in Revelation 20, and the the dead, small and great, are standing before Him, and the books were open. We know that this has application all through the history of the world when mankind would commit sin, the word of God, the law of God would uh, immediately pronounce the condemnation of death and unless they found a savior, they would die. Well, uh, it continues on here in Revelation 20.12 and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life or or literally since the book is italicized which is of life the book of life was open and and this would again also be the case all through history god ever mindful ever concerned uh, to be sure that justice is done that nothing um, incorrect or out of um, the the proper way has been committed. God would pronounce the judgment through His Word. The wages of sin is death. the The books were open. The Word of God, which would condemn that sinner, and his sins would blot him out of the book of the living from a creation standpoint, and the book of life from an elective vantage point would be open and searched and and again this is a figure god knows all these things perfectly and doesn't need to perform some sort of manual searches as we men would need to do oh we would have to search uh names and 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 go alphabetically in order to find a person's name Oh, he finally we we could decide. Well, he's not here. Well, God has all that information stored up in a in a perfect system of recall that uh, we. Uh, it's just incredible. Whenever we think of the mind of God, that that amazingly brilliant mind that that knows all things about all things. He. He knows every bit of information and can process it um, instantaneously without any delay. And so God, he's able to process the offenses, uh, all of the transgressions committed against the book uh, of the Bible. And the Bible is a, is a book made up of many books, the book of uh, Ruth and the book of Exodus and the book of Matthew. 
and God is able to process all the offenses that were committed against the books that record the law of God, and he's also able to instantaneously perform uh, a system scan in, in um, well, we can't even give a time frame because there is no time. It's just done where he knows that this individual is not one of his elect. Their name is not recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Therefore, the condemnation that the law pronounces may proceed, and this person must die as the law of God decrees. Well, this uh, this is what Revelation 20 is focused on. Let's go back now to uh, chapter 3. And uh, Lord willing, as we continue to proceed through the book of Revelation, verse by verse and chapter by chapter, we will reach that passage and, and be able to go over it again. Well, in Revelation 3, verse 5, again it says, And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, Now we're going to continue to the last part of the verse. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I will uh, confess his name. This again is the person who overcomes the one clothed in white raiment and, and therefore the one who has had his sins washed away, the one who has his name written in the book of life, an elect child of God, the Lord Jesus, will confess his name before his Father and before his angels. Now the word, uh, the Greek word translated as confess here is Strong's 1843. And it really carries the idea of acknowledgement and, and professing. For instance, it, it's the same word as uh, we find in James 5 and verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Here God is uh, is referring to individuals and he uses this word confess. Now, uh, there's another word that um, Strong's 1843 that is in our verse is related to very much and this is Strong's 3670 and that word actually has the the verses that fit together uh, more perfectly with our verse in Revelation chapter 3 and since they're related words we can understand and and uh, glean information from them to apply to our verse. And uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10. And it says in verses 32 and 33. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men. Him will I confess also before my father. Which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men. Him why also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now, uh, here in these verses, Christ is indicating that there is a relationship between those that confess him before men and his confession of those same people before his Father. And if they 
they deny him before men, well then Jesus will deny those same people before his Father in heaven. And how are we to understand this? It is Christ's confession of us really a result of our actions, which would be our works? Well, we have to understand that anyone that truly confesses Jesus before men would only do so as a result of the work of Christ within him. That is, a man or a woman that uh, confesses the Lord Jesus. And, and how do we do that? Well, we do that when we believe the Bible and follow the Bible and share the Bible with others and trust the Word of God because Christ is the Word. And when we're confessing the Word with our life, as we live out our days upon this earth, and that is done in the presence of men, uh, men are all around us, people are everywhere in our life, in our family, neighbors, at work, strangers we pass on the street, as we we live out our life in a lifestyle of confession towards Christ, that is, we, we acknowledge the truth of the Word of God to such a degree that we are following it in the things we say and do and even think. That this can only happen and it, it can only be the result of the saving work of God as God grants us his salvation and we are saved by the faith of Christ and he gives us a new spirit which has an ongoing desire to do the will of God. And what does that mean, an ongoing desire to do the will of God? It means an ongoing desire to confess Christ in all of our life. And and so that's why Jesus is saying, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, that is, who has truly become a child of God, and that work of the Spirit has been put on display uh, in in the eyes of others in this world. Well, then, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But, this is the other hand, in verse 33, whosoever shall deny me before men. And again, what would this mean? Who shall deny me in the sense that they claim to be a child of God, they profess to be Christian, they say they love me and that they hold to my word very dearly and oh, how they love the Bible. Yet when tried, when put to the test, they do not adhere to the scripture. They do not hold fast to the word. But once uh, the the threats of men are presented and, and put forth, when the offense comes for the word's sake, well, immediately they're offended and they go away and, and they, they do not stand fast. They, they are not faithful to the word of God when pressure is applied to them or when the fire of the day of judgment has been lit to try them as gold and silver. Well, then they run tail. They, they want nothing to do with that same word, it, it's too hot. 
and and uh, it it has brought them into a fire at which they cannot stand. Well, then, whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. And that's how we understand that. We actually have a good um, historical case, which explains what what Christ is saying here. It, it says in the Gospel of John, for instance, in John chapter 12, in verse 42, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. And this is referring to the Jewish rulers who believed on Jesus Christ. Really, how could they not? They saw his miracles. They they saw his manner. Uh, they understood fully he was of God. And, and so they believed, oh, this certainly must be the Messiah. And, that, and notice again, uh, let me read this verse. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. You see, the Pharisees had something over them. They had a threat. And you you want to believe this man? You want to be his follower? Very well. Then we will put you out of the synagogue. And, and that is a sentence of death for all intents and purposes, to be put out of the synagogue, according to John 16, which said in verse 2, They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh, that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. They were going to kill them spiritually. They they were the caretakers of the oracles of God, the caretakers of the ceremonial laws, the sacrifices, caretakers of a right relationship with God in order to be a good Jew and and to be in good standing with Jehovah. Well, certainly you had to be a part of the synagogue system. And, of course, that wasn't true. It was a threat that they held over them, however, and it was a very fearful thing, especially for chief rulers who had lived by uh, this synagogue system. They they lived in it and were very much a part of it. They would they would lose much, and and so they they chose the praise of men that they loved that more than the praise of God. God would have uh, been very uh, much rejoicing had they humbled themselves and had they uh, lowered themselves uh, to the will of the Father and had come out of the synagogue or had been cast out. And, and then they would have confessed Christ before men and Christ would have confessed them before the Father. However, since they denied Christ before Pharisees and all the Jewish people, then the Lord Jesus denied them. That is, it was evidence they were never saved at all. They never had become born again. You know, um, th- this is really the situation that we're in today. 
This is what the whole trial of faith is about. Uh, For instance, in Matthew chapter 7, in Matthew 7, it says in verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them. And here the word profess in Matthew 7 verse 23 is the same Greek word as confess in Matthew 10, 32 and 33. And, and so here Christ is saying, then will I confess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Here Jesus is denying them. He doesn't know them. If they were, were true men, if they uh, were men without guile and deceitfulness of heart, if they were individuals that, uh, that were elect and, and had uh, as a result of that election and working of the Spirit of God within them, which moved to will and to do of His good pleasure, if they had performed the will of the Father in confessing Christ by holding faithfully, steadfastly the Word of God, uh, then Jesus would have confessed them, and they would not be on the other side of that door that He has shut now in the day of judgment. Now they want entry, and yet Christ does not know them. He is no longer confessing their names before the Father, or He He never has, and He never will. This this is the awful truth that Jesus is telling us when he says, whoever confesses me, I will confess them, but whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father. Now we have a similar statement in Luke chapter 12, and I would say it's parallel. It is a parallel statement, but it's different in Luke 12 and verses 8 and 9. Also I say unto you, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Now here, it's it's almost identical, except it's not a confession before the Father and a denial before the Father, but it's a confession before angels and a denial before the angels well uh, we we wonder why angels what could this mean and uh, Lord willing when we get together in our next Bible study we'll see uh, what confessing men before angels has to do with in the day of judgment